Once upon a time, superhero movies were not all that super and definitely didn't dominate the cinemascape. Is there a glimmer of hope in the darkest corners of this masked mess of mediocrity? Brace yourself as we scrape the bottom of the barrel to see who stands atop the garbage pile when we rank the worst of the worst in the first ever Grading on a Curve. What is up everyone and welcome to the first ever edition of Grading on a Curve, the new show that is a part of the It's Not That Bad channel. Uh, first of all, welcome. This is the celebration of the first year anniversary of It's Not That Bad. And to celebrate, we're, we've created a new show to enter the, the the sphere of everything that is It's Not That Bad. So here's what's going to happen. Uh, we are going to take five movies out of any given category and we're going to rank them. But here's the catch. The movies of that category that we're talking about really suck in comparison to everything else. So we are literally grading the worst of the worst. We are grading on a curve. And to celebrate the, the one year anniversary of It's Not That Bad, we decided to do superhero movies. And we have a who's who for a, get, for a list of guests here. First things first, my beautiful wife, Carrie, is on the other microphone in the room. Carrie, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing well. And you? Oh, I'm doing very well. <laughs> very well. Uh, also joining us, uh, my co-host from Just Another Nerd Show, Kev Hillsden. Kev, welcome to this show. How are you doing, man? Cue the applause button. Appl applause or applause? There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I will be asking for that the whole show. Thank you very much. Also on the show, from Playlist Wars, previous guest on It's Not That Bad, Gomez, welcome to the show, man. I know you're a big movie fan, so how stoked are you for this one? Oh, I'm so stoked because I actually, this was a hard one for me, actually. You, got, you picked the really bottom of the barrel, but... <laughs> That, Number five is going to be really, that's going to be the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> that that just goes to show my taste of superhero movies, and I apologize in advance. And our final guess, uh, he has appeared three times on It's Not That Bad, a trifecta of terror, if you will. Greg from Movie Date Night. Greg, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, man? I am very happy to be here, and I'm very happy to finally be on an episode with your lovely wife, who is the only other person I've ever known who also loves Mr. Wright. Thank you so much. I was so happy to listen to an episode and be like, another person who gets this movie. Oh, always, hey, always hey. a pleasure to, uh, yeah, to meet a fan of that movie and, uh, and, and others that we talk about on this show. Yeah. Oh my God, I found my can I Can I request a favor? Can I just hear you for once say, I'm a Tyrannosaurus, just like how she does in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you have to picture I have the little hands out. I'm a yeah. Tyrannosaurus. Yay. <laughs> oh, oh, don't Yay. worry, Greg. We're going to be calling you up when it's time to talk Hubie Halloween back in October. Oh, so. I, I am... I'm a stand for that movie. I hate when people say that's a trash movie. I will defend that movie. That is the hill I will die on. That <laughs> thermos cup alone has like 67 different functions, and I'm here for every single one of them. <laughs> wow. Oh, Excellent. I, I know Carrie's excited for that episode. I know you're excited for that episode. I know I am going to have a lot of beer during that episode. Patrick but, would defend it as well. Uh, I know. I know. Oh, speaking of alcohol, I'm drinking tequila right now to get through this episode. I don't know about the rest of you, but um, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. I, I would 
would be lying if I didn't say there were beer and ciders happening over here. And I know uh, Kev's got a, uh, has got one going over there. So it almost dropped my mind. I just got a cherry coat going over here. I just got back from a long trip. All right. Well, Gomez is the DD for the day. So that's good. <laughs> we're, we're safe. We're, we're, we're podcasting smart here. But before we get into ranking these five superhero movies, normally when you listen to It's Not That Bad, it's time to trailerize things. That's not what we do on Grading on a Curve. So prepare to meet the combatants. In the Pentagon of Pain. It's time for the Superhero Suckdown. Our first combatant comes from the world of DC, which in this case could stand for definitely crap. The only movie powerful enough to destroy the Man of Steel, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Combatant number two is a film with a feline finish that went from catnip to catnap in about five minutes. Catwoman. In the middle, Marvel proves that they could be middling too as their first attempt at a cinematic universe arrives. DOA, it's Elektra. Our fourth entrant takes us to the mild, wild west and proves that bounty hunting isn't always bountiful. Saddle up for Jonah Hex. And finally, a reminder that at one point in time, having Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi in a movie together wasn't always a good thing. It's the blackest night of a film that is Green Lantern. Let the ranking of the rank begin. <laughs> Cue the ranking music. Of, hats off to you, sir, for ranking of the rank. That is good stuff right there. Uh, we need that on a t-shirt now. The ranking of the rank. Yeah, we're, definitely. Okay, so, Greg, we're going to start with you. And we're going to start oh. with, with the earliest film released out of these five Superman 4. So let's give a, okay. a quick rundown here. Released in 1987, this was the second Superman film to be released by Canon Films, which is never a good thing. Uh, the, I love them so much. <laughs> the story was written in part by Christopher Reeve, and of course he returned as Superman with Margot, uh, Margot Kidder and uh, the, the same Perry White, the same Jimmy Olsen. It was directed by Sidney J. Fury, who directed both Iron Eagle 1 and and Iron Eagle 2, however, it was almost directed by Wes Craven. If the name Mark Pillow means anything to you, I am surprised because this is the first and only movie role for the man who played Nuclear Man. Uh, it started with a budget of $36 million, which was slashed to $17 million. And call this one a mercy killing, but because this movie sucked so bad, it stopped Canon Films from making a Spider-Man film i can only imagine what a canon films spider-man film would have been like but greg what were your thoughts on superman 4 i loved superman films growing up i mean i remember watching this one even as a kid and being entertained by it but i haven't seen it in like 15 years so going back and re-watching it again i was like wow none of this makes sense like <laughs> if this place is all over the place they they set up nuclear man to be a guy who only works in the sunlight. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So the second he steps into shadow, but then he spends half the movie inside of buildings. And it's like, that would immediately shut you down. It's the thing's insane. Superman gets sick, which is weird. 
Um, and then he is clearly cheating on Lois Lane with, I don't even remember who the other woman was um, off the top of my head. Mariel, just, Mariel Hemingway. Yes, thank you. He's like cheating on her. He is like, as Clark Kent, like going out with Mariel Hemingway, then Superman still trying to get with Lois. And it's like, what is happening in this film? It, it's insane. I love how you can just send up a... Uh, a petri dish of Superman's DNA and some black leather, and get a man who's perfectly looking like a He-Man ripoff in space. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know if we're going to get too much into detail enough, but I have to put out this: Mary Hemingway a thousand percent dies in this film. They take her to space, they take her to the moon, and she is fine. I it, this movie infuriated me. See, I would be fine if they turned Mariel Hemingway into a superhero after that. Like, this was yes. the reveal. Like, oh, wait, she's a superhero, too. But no, no, no. Because we never actually see her afterwards. No. No, like, that, that's it. Mariel- because she was too close to Nuclear Man, she got some kind of chemo, and she probably died. <laughs> oh, straight up murder of Mariel Hemingway. All right, so, Greg, I have to ask. In the scale of one to five, one being the best, five being the worst, where do you put Superman for? I mean, on its own, it's a five, but when you consider it with the other films here, personally, I'm putting it right down the middle on a three. Okay. Gomez, over to you. Superman for the quest for peace. So, like, you know, Greg said, big fan of Superman growing up, watched it all the time. Uh... Now that I rewatched Quest for Peace, I'm like, what the hell was this crap? You're, you're, like you said, you're putting a piece of Clark Kent's or Superman's hair with a something, and then you get a little kid, little baby in hand, and then all of a sudden wearing black leather, like you said it. With, with a, what was it, like a lightning bolt on his chest, I guess? Uh, I would like assume, that, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, what's kind of funny was that, uh, you know, Gene Hackman, who played Lex Luthor, also provided the voice of nuclear man so i guess mark pillow couldn't yeah i did not know that yes it is on the wonderful thing of wikipedia it says it right here <laughs> hackman also provided the voice of nuclear man so i guess mark pillow could not talk at all well probably because he probably had a high-pitched girly voice <laughs> well, this you, movie problem. You know what's funny? I looked I looked at Mark Pillow's IMDb, and this is the only film, um, but there were two other credits. One was just like a one-off on some show, and some was like a, one was a one-season run of a show called The Alaska Kid. He was listed as Alaska Kid. Never heard of this show, never seen this show. You probably got lost in Alaska. I, I would assume, or it only played in Alaska. So I'm just like, okay, that, that just tells me everything I need to know. Um, which I, I kind of feel bad for Mark Pillow because, I mean, you know, to look at him, it's like, okay, that that's an 80s action guy. I could totally see it with, like, the, the bad, blown-back, blonde hair. Like, he looked like he could have been in other action movies in the 80s, but... If if this is your your introduction to the world of of cinema, oh god, you uh, just died. Yeah, pretty much. You just, your career just ended. That that is like getting up on stage at a rock show and the first song you play is Baby Shark. Just goodbye. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what's funny about the Metallica? That? It's Baby Shark. Well, you know what's kind of funny, Mark Pill, poor guy. Gets his first acting career at Superman. Your nuclear man. First of all, what the, what crack were they smoking when they wrote the script? That's one. Two. If he was actually a decent actor, he probably would have beat out Mel Gibson for uh, Martin Riggs and Lethal Weapon. 
But good choice. Thank God for the Richard Donner picked him over this guy. That's right. two. Because um, then the lethal weapons would have been horrible <laughs> if he if this guy Mark Pillow. I just think his he had no voice. Um, you, you also had John Cryer in this movie too as Lenny Luther. A very John Cryer. A young, very, very young John Cryer, yeah, who would then go on to play Lex Luthor in Supergirl, which I find kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did so. the writers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go, man. Superman 4, where are you ranking this? Well, compared to the other four, I actually had to put this actually a little bit higher than all of them. I went with number one. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I I will I will give it this, and I'll I'll put my thoughts on this one as well. Is that even in a bad movie, you still have Christopher Reeve as Superman, and I think we can all agree that Christopher Reeve's Superman, uh, was, about it. yeah, is 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 one of the, the the best things about those '80s movies. He really nailed uh, just the tenor and the tone of Superman, um, like. He's the template that everyone who came after were kind of modeled after him. Um, and I, I actually really enjoyed Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. Even if yes. the script sucked, oh, yeah. I still enjoyed him as Lex Luthor. Although I still say, if you're going to make Superman today, I need Stanley Tucci as Lex Luthor. That would be brilliant. Ooh, yes. Right? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can he, see that. He would be brilliant. However, however, where this film loses me is in the crappy special effects. Okay, oh, wait, it couldn't be worse than freaking Jaws: The Revenge. Oh, I'm I'm sure it is, but I mean, here's the thing: Superman Four and Masters of the Universe were kind of filmed right around the same time. This is kind of where oh, yeah. Canon Films lost all their money. But Masters of the Universe, for as campy as it is looks really good the sets mm-hmm. are great um, actually skeletor looked really good right exactly but, i mean obviously you could see where all the money went because they ran out of money which is why he man and skeletor fought in like total darkness at the end of it i like that part i think it's artistic and i applaud it i will defend that that move i'm oh. sorry you can say it's because they ran out of money i like it oh you know what they, they made the it makes it stand out absolutely they made the best out of a bad situation and it actually does really look good and i were remind everyone that Carrie on this show said that she liked Masters of the Universe better than Star Wars. Oh, you brought that it. up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get yeah. it. Ooh, True story. Carrie. True story. But I think that well, that was oh. early in my podcasting career. I might have been drunk. drunk. <laughs> or, <laughs> That's a good answer. Deny it. I was Deny new. it now. <laughs> but, but I mean, you have... Superman having powers that he shouldn't have. You have Mariel Hemingway breathing in space. You have like parts where they're flying and then all of a sudden they 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 veer off into a different direction like there are some midnight UFO sighting. It's just so <laughs> like the first two Superman films proved that you could do a really good Superman film. The third and the fourth one proved that you can also make a really crappy Superman film. So if I'm yeah. ranking Superman 4, I'm actually putting it at number four because because of the predecessors that came before it. Now, to you, Carrie, Superman 4, Quest for Peace. Well, I really enjoyed John Cryer in this movie. When I first saw him, I, I, I had to check it and IMDb him because I thought that it was, um, oh my God, uh, Ferris Bueller's John Day Stamos. Off. 
Um, no, not John Stamos. No, no, no. Oh, okay. oh, um, not Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Okay. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. I, and and so I was rather confused, and and you know what? I, I thought he was fun. Every scene he was in was enjoyable. So that was about what uh, a quarter of the movie <laughs> was was good. Um, Repeat after me. Oh no. <laughs> um, I, I will. I will say the special effects were. And okay, I'll admit, full disclaimer, this was my first Superman movie. I had not. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really uh, I really don't have much of an opinion or much to compare it to. Um, I'm I'm towing the line. I, I give it a three in the ranking. Um, I don't know. It was eh, it, it wasn't that bad. Um, <laughs> Wrong show. But it wasn't that yeah, wrong, wrong show. It wasn't that I don't know. Um It was middling. Yeah, it was it was it was middle of the of uh, the line. All right. To our resident nerd, Hilsey. Uh what have you got on Superman 4? I'll keep it short and sweet because I feel like everyone's kinda hit the points. Um there were things that fans were looking for going into this movie. It is a clear cut example of, well, if we bring the cast back and we half ass a script, they're gonna watch this anyways. Well, we did, but we didn't watch it twice. And uh, messy plot, uh, messy script. Christopher Reeve has publicly said he's uh, <laughs> was it? embarrassed. He's embarrassed to uh, have been a part of it. And uh, that's why I, I put it middle of the ranking, because you've clearly picked worse movies than this. So <laughs> it's bad, but uh, I got to agree with Carrie. It's not that bad. It's okay. It's, it's a, not a five. <laughs> so it's, it's not, not a five. It is interesting though, because apparently during the filming of this of this movie, Christopher Reeve did not get along with either Margot Kidder or with the director Sidney J. Fury. So I wonder if some of that kind of bled into the movie itself. Or his horse. But, uh, Sorry, too soon. <laughs> wow. Oh. Too soon? Too soon? Oh, but man, I'm glad Nothing. you said it. <laughs> it's been 21 years. 21 years is the statute of limitations for too soon. Yeah. Okay. I think I think we're in the clear. Oh, all right. So let's move on chronologically here to Catwoman, released in 2004, stars Halle Berry, Benjamin Bratt, and Sharon Stone, directed by Pitoff. He has one name. His name is Pitoff. This would also be the last film that he would direct. Uh, however... Batman fans will know that Catwoman is Selina Kyle, not Patience Phillips like she is in this film. Um, however, that being said, Sally, Patience's best friend in this movie, is played by Alex Borstein, who is the voice of Lois Griffin on oh, yeah, Family Guy. Um, however, however, this film brought us two wonderful things. One, prior to Wonder Woman, this was the highest grossing female-led superhero film. Until, of course, Wonder Woman came out. And the moment of moments, Halle Berry becoming the first person to accept her Razzie in person in what is an iconic Razzie moment. That is what Catwoman has given us. So, Carrie, what do you give Catwoman? Ooh, I get to go first. You get to go first. How ironic, because this is, without a doubt, my number one of the five. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, I thought that the act, the all of the characters, the actors really brought it. Um, Sharon Stone was so good; she was just so so good at what she did and being so damn unlikable. Um, and yeah, Halle Berry was just sweet. I know she wasn't like 
really Catwoman, but in this <laughs> role, it was absolutely perfect. Wow. I, I liked it. Wow. Yeah. No one in the history of ever would ever rank Catwoman as number I, one, but you are definitely grading on a curve on this one. I have a feeling I stand alone. <laughs> well, let's go to Gomez and find out what he thinks of Catwoman. Oh, God. <laughs> that about says it all. Uh, that's all I have to say. It's not Michelle Pfeiffer, first mm-hmm. of all. That would have been better if Michelle Pfeiffer was in the movie. Don't get she me wrong. She does appear in this movie. She's in a picture. You didn't see the picture for two frames? Like, well, well, wow, it must have been a quick... Well, you know what? I fell asleep <laughs> within 30 seconds of the movie. <laughs> so I probably missed that two-second frame. Two, it's Halle Berry in a Catwoman suit. Who wouldn't go nuts for that, okay, to begin with? So in my case, she gets a three just because she wears the costume very well. Okay. So you've got you've got her... At number three. All right, Hilsey, we're going to head over to you for your ta- your Catwoman take. I, I love, by the way, when uh, we're, we're talking about these movies, and the first thing comes to mind, I, I was guilty for it. I, I laughed at Gomez's uh, number one of Superman 4. But, That's okay. But but when, we're, when we're, we're bringing up a point, and then somebody goes, what, you didn't see that? I, I, I We could do Rise of Skywalker in here, Fantastic Four from 2015. I'm not going to lie. I remember maybe two and a half minutes of these movies. They are so forgettable. <laughs> and I got to say, Catwoman's number five on my list. It is, oh. the, it is the worst movie I've ever seen ever. The plot is awful. The origin story is just, like, I know Carrie's probably rolling her eyes just like, this was great. I, mm, it was the worst piece of garbage I've ever seen. I like it is uh, what an hour 38 of, of whatever it was of my life that I can't get back. And I would have rather watched, <laughs> I would have rather watched Fantastic Four from 2015 twice. Wow. wow. I had, I had to do for a previous episode of, uh, it's not that bad. <laughs> you played that movie, the host. I will say that it was the best hour and 37 minutes of my life because I got to sleep through that. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, geez. All right, Greg, over to you for Catwoman. So I, considering how much I love bad movies, I actually realized I had never actually seen this movie until you asked me to watch this. I'd only seen a few clips here and there. So I was like, yeah, that's such a bad movie. Everyone knows it's a bad movie. But I'm watching it, honestly, from start to finish for the first time in the past like week or two. I'm like, oh, this movie's terrible. Like, how are they ever going to tie this into any of the other Catwoman stuff? I hate this. This is so stupid. But there was one moment that kind of unlocked it for me. And that's when she goes to visit that one cat lady, like the woman who like is kind of the sage guru for her. Mm-hmm. And she puts a bunch of pictures on the floor. And Michelle Pfeiffer's picture is there from as Catwoman in Batman Returns. And she's like, there's always been Catwoman. And I'm like, this movie's the greatest movie ever now. This movie <laughs> just unlocked for me. Because the entire time I was saying... This is not Selena Kyle. This is not Catwoman. So why am I enjoying this? Because there's no way that this is the Catwoman I know and love. But once you realize it's not that Catwoman, it's just a Catwoman. I was like, okay, now I'm on board for this film with her sleeping on high places, balancing on her couch as she's talking with her. Who hasn't done that? Been walking on the, talking and walking on your cell phone while you're having a conversation with a friend. Love Alex Bornstein. Don't know why she's having calls at the nurse's station, not in her own room. Um, you know, I, I agree with Carrie. I think that this movie, out of all of them, is a fantastic film, and it's my number one. This wow. is a great Ooh. film. Yay. And honestly, out yeah. of all of them, I would gladly watch this one again. 
This oh. film was entertaining. I had a good time, nice. especially when they are clearly having Halle Berry and Benjamin Brad. I think the guy, the actor's name is mm-hmm. the cop. When they are flirt, essentially dry humping, uh, doing basketball in front of children. That was the weirdest scene, and I was like, I, I don't understand this. The kids are like, Yeah, I play basketball. Like, okay, and then they are like, essentially, that's their pseudo like date, like their first date. It was weird. It was awkward. But at the same time, I'm like, that's a fun scene. I'm going to admit it. <laughs> okay. So I, I have to, I have to put this out there. That scene, that whole playground flirtation scene um, actually made Daredevil's, uh, pl- you know, playground uh, kind of flirtation mm-hmm. scene um, seem pale in comparison. That scene was fun. And I do yeah. have to give it to Pitoff. Uh, as far as a director goes, because visually it had some really, really cool stuff. I mean, you could sit there and poke at some of the 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 animations there where they had Catwoman running up and down the walls and stuff like that. And I'm just like, okay, a little bit crazy, but he he definitely added a very cool visual style to it, especially when you consider like around that time. I think that was close close to the time when we had Ang Lee's Hulk, uh, which w- just looked horrible. Um, but this film stylistically looked very cool. That being said, it's a Catwoman movie. It's not Selena Kyle. It barely, it, there's no mention of Gotham. Never in the history of ever has there ever been like some mystical component to Catwoman. She's just a very athletic, badass, you know, you know, kill or be kill kind of cat burglar that has a very uh, off and on again relationship with Batman. Like Catwoman is such a cool character. You don't need to make her mystical and turn her into somebody else else uh because that's never been in the comics to my to my recollection it's not if this had been um some other movie uh that had like like jaguar woman or something like that that would have made more sense but because it's catwoman and they try they tried to tie it to batman it just took away because you said they're going this isn't batman this isn't batman uh and that is why it's my number five it was so clear in a way from everything that should have been uh, make it not Catwoman and it's a very very good movie make it Catwoman and it's a very bad Catwoman movie that's that's my take on it number five for me moving on wow yeah oh yeah this this well, one's I'll all just over say the this board right now I'll say this already trifecta number five ain't happening already i already could tell that (laughs) exactly okay hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of raycons or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Moving on, chronologically... Uh, is 2005's Elektra, the sequel to Daredevil, uh, the first Marvel movie with a female lead. Uh, ben Affleck apparently had filmed a cameo for this, but it was cut. The original I cut, wonder why. Yeah, exactly, right? The original cut for Elektra was rated R, but due to contractual obligations, which is the same reason why Jennifer Garner did the film in the first place, uh, <laughs> it had to be turned down. Uh, now, Marvel fans are going to be like, oh, Wait, yeah. Turned down for what? <laughs> right exactly <laughs> marvel fans are being like well yeah it was before the mcu but watch the credits co-produced by kevin feige before i did not see that interesting mm-hmm. i didn't see that either so since we're talking nerd talk i gotta go to hilsey for electra it is the worst thing kevin feige's ever stamped his name on oh wow like it's. I don't even think it's close. I, I think all the previous X-Men movies that he barely had his hands on uh, was were good and maybe had their, their moments. This was... Oh, it's messy. It's... I, sorry, I, I'm not redeeming these movies. I have nothing nice to say about <laughs> any of them. They're all... It's all... You're picking the, the best of the worst, and I, I understand that's grading on a curve, but... My God, Wilson, you like you gave us a, an uphill battle, and, and I didn't bring shoes. I'm pretty it, sure is, I apologize <laughs> to each of you before any of these like, movies. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you started with you started with my number three pick, then we went to my number five pick, and now I'm on my number four pick. So of your last two, we got my one and two. This is a horrible movie. Electra's bad. It's like. Oh my God! It, like if you, if I, if I'm thinking what your number one is, I swear to God, I'm gonna throw up on the air tonight. Oh no! Do it. Do it. <laughs> it it'll help the ratings. Do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we get ratings? What? <laughs> <laughs> Electra's just bad. It was like it's a spinoff of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not. Uh, I, I'm trying really hard to. Find something salvageable from this. It's- I, I already can find something salvageable. All right, go I'll tell you what we're going is. to you for Electra. Yeah. Ben Affleck isn't in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh. So that's what Aquaman 2 now? What is happening? <laughs> Listen, every freaking goddamn superhero Ben Affleck touches, he ruins. He ruins 
excuse my language. I'm sorry. He ruined Daredevil for me horribly. You know, oh, hi, I'm blind with red hair. Yeah, you're stupid with red hair. <laughs> Never should. I'd rather had Matt Damon play that part. Matt Damon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then he killed my favorite character of all time, Batman, in that Macedon Don Batman movie he made. Okay. He should never play a superhero character again. Stick to what you're good at. Secondary Goodwill hunting movies. Wow. Those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. It is fighting words because Ben Affleck is the worst actor in acting history. But he could play the shark from Jaws. Right? (laughs) According (laughs) to Kevin Smith. (laughs) Well, Kevin Smith, he couldn't even play. Listen, Ben Affleck could not play dead. And I'm surprised that J-Lo married him because he hasn't had a good acting job in how long? Thank you. Neither is (laughs) J-Lo. That's true. Have you seen The Room, Gomez? (laughs) True. I think Tommy Wazo might have the crown for the Razzie for uh, like he might have a career or uh, what's it, a lifetime achievement award for the Razzies. He might, but yeah, Ben Affleck should be up there with him. But Electra is number two for me because Jennifer Gardner looked really good. Okay, <laughs> that's we, awesome. We we have we have the grading here. Okay, Greg, over to you, Electra. You just know he has the poster up right in front of his monitor, too. Like, you Actually, know. right. I do. <laughs> no. right, right beside the Catwoman poster. Yeah. No, no, no the Catwoman fit. poster. If it's not Michelle Pfeiffer, forget it. <laughs> Whenever you leave the room, you just, like, you know, touch it like, you know, a team going out for a victory on the field. Just, like, today's the day. You know? <laughs> Anyways, play, like um, cha- play like a champion today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Electra, I remember seeing this when it came out, and I was like, was this made for TV? And I like, if somehow got a weird theatrical release, what's going on here? Um, I, the plot I get, it's a, it's an interesting plot. The idea of like an assassin who gets too close to her target and doesn't want them to be assassinated. So then she tries to protect them against the organization or some other entity. But what really lost me is why, oh, why do the ninjas when they're defeated, just turn into dust? I mean, I was like, did I start loading up a Final Fantasy game where, like, you defeat a monster and it just turns into red pixels and fades away? What is this? Why am I suddenly watching a video game movie and not in a comic book movie? The And I just, I don't know. I, I like Jennifer Gardner. Don't get me wrong. She's enjoyable. I liked her in the Daredevil movie. I think that's the only good part about that. Other than potentially was- Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin. I did enjoy that casting as well. Oh, um, mint. But... Yeah, this is a number four for me. I just, I I didn't really find it that enjoyable. It was a slog to get through. And we'll talk more about why I chose this over my number five pick later, because I want to keep that uh, on the down low. But yeah, I this is almost a number five. This was like 49 to 51% versus my number five for like, who's the worst? So this is Ooh. a close one. Oh, wow. Okay. That is pretty close. <laughs> All right, so I, I I need to to fess up here. the The biggest thing with Catwoman for me was that I didn't like that it had nothing to do with the comics. At least with Elektra, you had the hand, you had Terrence Stamp as Stick, which I think was actually one of the better parts of the film. I mean, you put General Zod in any comic book film, and I'm and I'm signing up for it. They tried their best. I mean, Daredevil wasn't the best film and then to jump off of that like and i think jennifer garner is actually was actually a decent choice to play electra 
at the time. Yes. Does the does the movie plot a little bit? Yes. Is it a little on the meh side? Absolutely. But I think as a comic book film and trying their best to actually stay close-ish to um, to the source material, because as I was doing the research and going through like the, the IMDb page and all that, you see a lot of the different references to different comic books. I'm like, okay, so they they did their best to make a decent comic book film, something Kevin Feige is known for with the MCU. It just, it was, it was, it was a very disjointed script, but I don't think it was directed poorly. Uh, I just don't think it, it, it was middling. It was literally middle of the road, nothing exciting yet nothing offensive, which I think they should have put on the poster. Electra, nothing exciting, but nothing offensive. Um, might have sold, but that's why it's my number three movie. Finally, Carrie, talking Electra. Well, it's uh, not the absolute bottom of my list. I have it sitting at four. Um, I pretty much think that I agree with everything that was said. Um, it's a good thing I was working while I was watching this because uh, I think I probably would have fallen asleep during this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing is that it was like middle of the day and I was actually, you know, um, I thought that it was because I was distracted maybe that I had no idea what was going on. But in hearing like, that it's kind of a unanimous, you know, everyone's in agreement. Um, I think maybe that's the problem that they were going so closely to the comic book and without knowing that source material, like, cause this is the first time I've ever seen it. I had no idea really much about the character except for the daredevil connection. I, I had no idea what was going on. I have to admit like the whole crow or, or the, the bird coming out of the painting, mm-hmm. I, I, people turning to dust. I, I had no clue what was happening. So I put it at four because it's not the worst, um, but it, it wasn't a great movie. And I don't think I would fault the actors. And I don't think, again, the, I, I don't think it was the direction. I just really, I think maybe they tried to do too much with it. And mm-hmm. maybe that was the result. It is it was almost kind of like a jigsaw puzzle that I don't know. The I, pieces Car- didn't Carrie, fit. I'm gonna I'm gonna take note of that, Carrie, for uh workplace efficiency. I'll I'll make sure all <laughs> of all everybody who's editing with me has Electra on in the background. So they're extra focused on their work. You know what? I'm going to right? the diner. Yeah. I'm going to the diner. I want to order the Electra Nachos, please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a nacho special. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to put this question out here to, to the guys who have seen um, both this movie now and the uh, Defender series and Daredevil, the, the Netflix series. Better Electra, Jennifer Garner or Elodie Young? Hilsey. Oh, geez. Don't make me pick. Oh, I'll make the, you pick. Can, can I preface this with there hasn't been a good Electra yet? Um, That's actually fair. There hasn't been a good one yet, so making me pick is literally grading on a curve, which, again, I get it. Roll credits. Um, (laughs) uh, I don't know. Like, it comes down to writing. I think both actresses uh, executed their script to the best of their capabilities. Elodie Young had a way better script to work with, and I think Garner made the most of what was given to her. 
I think that's the nice way of putting it. I, it, we haven't got a good one yet. I trust Feige and what he's going to do. Uh, well, now, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That, Go that Disney investor meeting could be fun. Elder Young um, or Jennifer Garner? Oh man, he said it the best. You know, it's kind of hard that they did do their scripts correctly. I, I, I'm going to have to go. I said Jennifer Garner played her part pretty well because the only good thing about Daredevil was her. So I'm, I'm going to have to slide a little bit with Jennifer Garner. All right, Greg, do you still have the poster up, Gomez? Or no, 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 <laughs> I don't. Poster's yeah. down now. He takes it down and taps his plane in the background. <laughs> this is grading on a curve, but Gomez makes the curve. So I did make that curve. He sees I was, the I was curves, Gomez yeah. has the next movie poster up ready to go. So well, it's very fast with a double sided tape. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Zip. For me, I actually I don't watch superhero TV shows. Unless it's got some really unique thing going on, like WandaVision, I just, I can't find the time and attention to dedicate that much time to superheroes. I like them, but they're not necessarily my absolute favorite genre. So, like, for me to try to watch the Daredevil show, my friend was like, you got to watch it. It's so amazing. It's so gritty. I love it. And I, I watched, like, the first two episodes. I'm like, oh, who the hell cares? So I, I I can't weigh in on this just because I don't know enough about the other woman and her portrayal of Electra to fairly judge. All right. So let, let's move on. Uh, and I know Carrie has actually not really watched Daredevil yeah. at that point. I'll so. take a pass on that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay. Carrie and I are just going to be on the side, just having our little drinks, listening to you boys argue about the best Electra. It's a cool. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're going to sit here and geek out. You guys can go watch Hubie Halloween. Okay. So. Ooh, yeah. That's <laughs> All right. Moving on. I got my on. clam chowder, my thermos. To 2010's Jonah Hex, starring Josh Brolin, Megan Fox, John Malkovich, Michael Fassbender, and Will Arnett. Uh, this one was interesting because Jonah Hex has the ability to talk to the dead by talking to, by touching them and basically communicating with people who have passed away. A power that seemingly appeared in the movie. Megan Fox considers this the worst film of her career. We're talking Megan Fox, who was in Transformers Revenge of the Fallen two years after this, and how to lose friends and alienate people. Um, but if you like your metal, you're going to like this one because music was by Marco Beltrami and Mastodon. So there's there's a lot to take in with Jonah Hex. So Gomez, we're going to move over to you here. Jonah Hex, where does this rank for you? Uh, number four. Okay. It, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't that great. Um, you know, poor Josh Brolin. First of all, his freaking face in this movie. Poor guy gets a whatever, uh, what a cast iron something to his face. Yeah, might as well just yeah something. The highlight of the movie, Megan Fox, maybe, but she's probably one of the worst actresses I've ever seen. Um, the only thing was actually good, like you said, was actually the soundtrack was pretty good. Um. Other than that, this movie, I, you know, it, it had its moments where it was pretty good, and it had its moments where, like, what the hell? Um, so it, it's number four for me. Okay, I, I need to talk about Joan Hex here, because this this was the first time I've ever actually sat down and watched the film. Uh, first of all, Josh Brolin and comic book movies seem to go together hand in hand very well. And I think he was the perfect choice to play Jonah Hex. Uh, and I wasn't really all that familiar with the comic book storyline itself. So I got to kind of go into this 
fresh. Um, and it was a different type of superhero movie. It's almost like superhero movies for people who aren't really necessarily ready for superhero movies. Like if, if you put someone who's never watched a superhero movie and never read a comic book into the theater to watch this, be like, oh, this is kind of a, an interesting Western. Oh, it's a comic book movie. What? Um, so it was really kind of refreshing, different. They didn't have to rely too much on special effects. There were some, but they didn't have to rely too much on it. It felt like one of the more real superhero films out there. So I'm actually ranking Jonah Hex as my number one. I, I didn't find Megan Fox to be too, too offensive in this one here. She's a little underutilized and not really, she's just like the damsel in distress. But I mean, John Malkovich and Josh Brolin, I mean, that's all you need for a superhero film and I'm good with that. So Jonah Hex for me was number one. Greg, to you, Jonah Hex. So usually whenever I watch movies for movie date night or for any of the podcasts I go on, I take notes, you know, so I can be like, oh, remember to talk about this, remember to talk about that. For the other four movies, I didn't take notes. For this movie, I took so many notes. I'm going to have to really think about how long I want to talk about each of the things. So I'll go through it first. Jonah Hex, first of all, his face makeup, hideous. That little skin flat bridge thing that's on his face, just cut that. That's doing nothing for you. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It's like in Austin Powers' uh, gold member when Fred um, Savage comes up with a huge mole and he's like, mole, mole, there's a mole on your face. I'm like, just get a knife and cut that. It's doing you no service but distracting from others. I hate that. He, he like... I, I, I just, <laughs> yeah, everything about this movie, I hate it. Like at the beginning, like just like you said, Jason, I had no idea this was a comic movie going in. I had no previous ideas about who the character was, what he does, what his story is, any of it. So when he starts off with like dragging two or three bodies into town, I'm like, okay, clearly he's a bounty hunter. And then he does that cool bit with his horse where like all of a sudden his horse has two miniguns attached to it. I'm like, okay, I'm here for this movie. And it all went downhill from there. It's like, I love bad movies. I love, I will be the first one also to defend Will Smith's Wild Wild West. I thought that was a fun movie. I enjoy the movie. I actually like that movie. It was fun. Okay, thank you. That was uh, a good movie. I, I, I was kind of thinking like, oh, this could be kind of like that because that's kind of a steampunky cool thing. With, nope, you never see any of that bull again. And like- <laughs> You do have a very interesting uh, character with, uh, what's his name, Lance Reddick, the guy who's like the blacksmith who gives him those two cool guns, which he then immediately throws away. I was infuriated with this film. At one point, I just, I, I, I have a newborn son. And at one point I'm watching this movie and he's crying and he needs to go get his diaper changed and my wife is exhausted and I'm more than happy to take care of that. And so I went to go, I got up to go get him. And she's like, do you want to pause it? And I said, no, I'm not going to miss anything important. <laughs> Screw this movie. <laughs> Little does he know, he comes back and they've cut his prosthetic. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say also one more thing about this movie, just kind of like reining it in, you know. Um, this movie, or oh, two more things. One, first of all, Agent Carter did the exploding orange balls better. The, the show Agent Carter, which is one of the TV shows I did watch that was interesting enough, they did the whole, like, oh, this orange little ball explodes if you do something with it. They, that's much a better handling of that plot. But the thing I really didn't like is that this movie assumes that you've read the comic books. You cannot do that 
unless you are essentially ubiquitous in culture. It took five Spider-Man movies until finally on number six with Tom Holland, he was like, you get it, Radio After Spider, blah, 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 I'm Spider-Man. Let's just get to the point, people. Like, you have to have, like, earned that. You can't just jump in and say, like, I'm not going to explain a goddamn thing to you. You follow the story or you don't. Like, this movie infuriated me. I hated it. Number five with a bullet. Like, the only reason Electro didn't beat it is because at least I could kind of watch that. This one didn't care at all. Sorry. Oh, wow. Different wow. ends of the spectrum on this one. But he's this is the wild. table. He's banging it. <laughs> he's banging that table, but he also, he's got a good point. It did suffer $36 million loss. Mm-hmm. $47 million movie only made $11 million. Although, interestingly enough, and it's funny that you mentioned the whole like weird lip floppy thing there on the side. The the only the only frame of reference I had to Jonah Hex before watching this film was like one episode of Batman the Animated Series where Jonah Hex was in it and he had the weird like you know Western Wild West Two Face thing Batman Batman the, the Animated Series yeah the good yeah. one. Oh, I didn't realize he's. I have to go look that up now. Go ahead, keep talking. I'm just yeah. gonna look, pull up like the image of that. Yeah. So, I mean, if memory serves me, he had like like the the weird lip the floppy thing lip. on the yeah, side. Yeah, the chicken skin. Exactly. It's like you know, Wild, Wild West Two Face. So, you know, if, if that's the case, then you know, kudos to getting the 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 makeup almost oh, coming back. Right. right. Exactly. Okay. Right. right. I think it's Han- I think it's Hannibal Lecter with somebody else's face on him. <laughs> Oh, good. Hannibal Lecter and, and Nicolas Cage in Face Off 2. Uh, okay. That would be a great movie. Okay, well, then, you know what? Withdrawn counselor on that one note. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we will we'll toss the jury over to Hilsey for his take on Jonah Hex. I, I love that Greg's got a picture of animated Jonah Hex up. Uh, Gomez has got Electra probably still up. And Carrie's got a picture of Matt Smith up probably, right? So I, I, I love this. I love this. Let's, got, let's keep no, it no, going. No, 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 no. I got, I got Ben Affleck and I got a Pelican. I'm shooting his head right now. He switched from Jennifer Garner to Ben Affleck. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, that's the benefit that you need. That's did fine. Did you ever see – did you ever take notice? One thing I took notice between Daredevil and that freaking – Macedon Don Batman Batman movie is was the the freaking face mask. It's the same goddamn mask. It's it's just it's black for Batman and it was red for Daredevils. Can you figure that one out? Talk about being cheap on the costume. Uh, the recycling. The recycling plan is all good. I'm not a therapist, <laughs> but Gomez, I think you got some stuff to unpack there, pal. <laughs> oh man, with, he pissed me off with Daredevil. I was so excited when I was. When that movie came out, I'm like, yes, finally, Daredevil, one of my favorite characters, killed it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, Kev, Jonah uh, Hex, what you I'll got? I'll save you some time. I actually want to hear what Carrie thinks about this, but uh, yeah, Jonah Hex, I got uh, number two, which uh, if Gomez is doing his math, I don't know if he's throwing up or not. I don't know uh, what he was expecting my number one to be. But I have Hex at number two. Oh, I already know where your number one is. That's (laughs) pretty awesome. That's what I was thinking. Um, Get the bucket, Gomez. (laughs) I have Hex at number two because the plot, Megan Fox, uh, was great. I thought she was great. She looked, Megan Fox, she looked great. Um, Megan Fox, yeah, it was, the movie was (laughs) Megan Fox. Um, (laughs) How many more times can I say Megan Fox? Um, Now, on his computer, Megan Fox is on his. There we go. (laughs) We're catching on. Here we go. Um, Yeah, no, it was, I think, uh, again, I try not to 
base an entire movie on, and and I'm not saying anyone has at this point. I'm just saying I, I'm trying not to base an entire movie around a writing team that, yes, I think Greg hit it right on the nose that this movie was fully dependent on people having read the comics or at least having seen him in the, in the animated series and wondered who the hell is that. Um, the comic accurate look is great. Everything that comes with it is a touch confusing if you don't know what you're getting in bed with. And I understand watching it on a first uh, first time, maybe even a second time basis and not really knowing the history of the character. It's bad. It's it's a it's a bad movie. It's a, the whole bit. And there's moments of it where you just shake your head and you're like, man, do I have to keep watching this? Like, OK. But then there's moments of it where. Okay, like they're, they're they're showing a bit more from the comics. They're you know they're pulling a bit more, making Fox, um, and then they're you know they're <laughs> yeah it it has more salvageable moments than the other bad movies. Again, I say none of them are good, but mm. this one was the fourth worst. <laughs> All right, Carrie, over to you. And I'm sure Megan Fox has nothing to do with how you've ranked this film. <laughs> Megan Fox, nope, nope. Um, so I have um I have the top tier. I have one in five still available. And I am curious sitting here right now. Oh, no, you don't. You have Catwoman at number one. Okay. Two. Ha, blast. <laughs> okay, it's close enough. Close enough. Damn. Close enough. Okay, Matt, I was to assume there's no math on this uh, on this exam. Well, de- um, well, it depends on how many beers you're down. Right? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, two and five, arguably. I wonder if it's, are we going to go with a two? Are we going to go low? Um, I have a feeling I know which one this is. But you know me. Let's hear your reasoning here. Okay, so my reasoning, I will, I will start out by clearing the air. I, I have it at number two. Um, I think actually <laughs> where I was confused, I had it at, I had it at one. And then I saw Catwoman, but Catwoman was the last of the five movies. So it literally like leapfrogged Jonah Hex. And I went into this not even knowing I had never heard the name Jonah Hex before. I lost count of how many times I heard it during this movie because it just seemed like it was consistently in the writing. Um Jonah Hex, Jonah Hex, Jonah Hex. Like it was, it was almost overkill. And it was almost like, why? Why did they choose to do that? Like, was that a stylistic thing? I I don't know. But anyway, they they overly mentioned the name Jonah Hex in this movie. That was the only point that I have to say negative about it. Um I that was what the marketing the- was based around, Carrie. They, they, they got to build they, that brand recognition. Yeah, they had a trailer around Jonah Hex, Jonah Hex, Jonah Hex. What's your name? Jonah Hex, Jonah Hex. It was a whole thing. Oh, see, again. It was this... a bonanza. Jonah Hex, Jonah Hex, Jonah Hex, Jonah Hex, Jonah Hex, Jonah Hex, 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 What? I was new to this, like completely went into this um, unknowing of that this movie even existed. So what I liked about it and what I can say from, you know, someone just, coming into this not have, having ever read the uh, the comic book or never even knowing it, that the movie existed i liked 
the beginning. I liked the narrative. I liked the screenshots from the comic. I think they did their best to kind of give as much information about the character and about the comic book. Um, or at least the, the, you know, the points that were needed in the narrative at the beginning. Um, I also loved that it was a Western and watching it, it was kind of almost like seeing an Elmore Leonard um, spaghetti Western come to life. Like, it, you know, it was very, uh, very much in line with that genre. And I love it. It was almost kind of like the writing as well. I could hear Elmore Leonard and the way he would, you know, pen his novels. Um, or even if it would have been written by or directed by Quentin Tarantino. There were so many clever lines that made it fun and kind of made it a little more modern. I think it was, I don't know if it was by design or by accident, but when Will Arnett would um, deliver a line, it was always very funny. Mm -hmm. And I almost kind of wonder like if that was maybe, I don't know, intentional or maybe just Will Arnett being Will Arnett in this character. Um, But it was fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. I would have had it as my number one, but... Thanks, Catwoman. But, but Catwoman. But Catwoman clawed her <laughs> way to the top. Yeah, she um, did. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I, what I will say about this movie, the last thing, is that there was a definite missed opportunity. I think they should have included Pantera's Cowboys from Hell in the soundtrack. Macedon doing a cover of Cowboys from Hell? I'd be all, I'd be all up for that. Um, by the way, you have to understand, when Carrie starts talking about Elmore Leonard... We have bookshelves upon bookshelves of books, and I'm pretty sure an entire bookshelf is taken up with the entire Elmore Leonard collection. Uh, This is how into Elmore Leonard she is. And an autographed copy. And an autographed copy, yes. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. This means we are moving on to the final film of our Pentagon of Pain. Released in 2011, two years after X-Men Origins Wolverine, Green Lantern, the movie where Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively met and fell in love. Reynolds and director Martin Campbell apparently clashed on set because Campbell wanted Bradley Cooper to be Hal Jordan. However, it wasn't almost Martin Campbell to direct this because apparently considering or considered to direct the film was Quentin Tarantino. And I can just imagine what a Quentin Tarantino-directed Green Lantern was going to look like. Kevin Smith was approached in early 97 to write the script, but he turned it down. Um, so, And apparently, Superman, Clark Kent, was in early drafts of the script. This was supposed to be the film to kick off the DC Extended Universe but then a Green Lantern all over the place. So, <laughs> so Carrie, now that I've completely you know blown your brain here and trying to have you picture a Green Lantern Tarantino directed film, what were your thoughts on Green Lantern? Yes, this would be your number five, Carrie. Why do you have Green Lantern so low? I don't think Quentin Tarantino and or Kevin Smith could have saved this. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was just boring. It was. There's no other. It was five. It was the worst <laughs> of the worst of the worst. <laughs> this is where Carrie actually questioned marrying me, I think. Uh, Uh-oh. 
Yeah, Uh-oh. pretty much. <laughs> well, now I wonder where you've been sleeping. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that I actually have Green Lantern listed as number two. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Of the five movies that we have talked about on this show, I don't think it's a, it's a big stretch to say that I think Green Lantern had the best villain in Mark Strong as Sinestro. Sinestro was like bang on as far as what you want in a comic book movie. Now, admittedly, we would straight up punt Hector Hammond as played by Peter Sarsgaard. That just, that just needs to go. That needs to go. But Mark Strong as Sinestro, I thought, was really, really strong. I didn't mind Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern. And I get that this film gets a lot of slack from the uh, from the overusage of CGI in this. But, I mean, we're talking, we're talking Green Lantern here. We're talking, like, a very bold, ambitious film, uh, which has a very big cosmic, um, you know, like, world to kind of get into. Like, the minute you get to Oa and the rest of the Green Lantern Corps, like, if you read the comic books and you see, like, the entire Green Lantern Corps, it's like, okay, this puts Moss Eisley to shame. Mm-hmm. However, like, they did their best. And, like, if you watch it, and you're not nitpicking the, the 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 VFX, then I think you can kind of enjoy it a little bit more. Um, it does kind of get in the way a little bit, but I have this at number two. Uh, Hilsey, I'm going to go to you for next one on Green Lantern. You have this at number two as well. Nope. Why number two? Oh no, sorry, Try that again. was that was. <laughs> Try I again. can't count. You have this. Gomez, grab the bucket. You Uh-oh. have this at number one. Why? <laughs> oh, I heard that. I heard that sounded chunky, my friend. Oh, oh that was. That was one of those bacon cheese quesadillas that just came up. Oh, oh that was Campbell's okay, beef stew right bad. there. Yeah, that's not too bad then. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I still enjoy this movie. The main villain was weak, forgettable. Mark Strong was a saving point. Um, I'm not going to falter uh, a movie. Falter? Yeah, I'm not going to mm. I'm not going to fault a movie for um, using too much CGI um, as you're saying it. I'm thinking I'm like, man, Marvel's asking like what three month turnarounds on their CGI now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an era where they weren't requested upon as much. If you want to hire a graphics house to do your work, go ahead, man, go ahead, go crazy. OK, you want Hal Jordan's suit to be CG. That's fine. I had no issues with how Ryan Reynolds portrayed the movie or, or portrayed the, uh, the title character. Um, the Blake Lively character was there. Okay, cool. <laughs> she was there. Um, Angela Bassett was incredible. Mark Strong, incredible. Peter Sarsgaard, forgettable. Um, it, it, there's a lot of salvageable pieces from this. And I hate, I dare say it, but if they didn't want to start the DCEU with this, but instead wanted to revisit it later and recanonize this movie because it is incredibly self-contained as much as it is a, a space adventure. And it is, um, uh, kind of a grandier thing to, to take on when there's not really a bigger universe built. You could always recontextualize Ryan Reynolds as your Hal Jordan green lantern, and then just do the suit, right? Like Kevin Feige has already proved through um, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness with all the alternate selves um, and how they fixed up Black Bolt's suit, how they uh, redesigned the Fantastic Four suit. Like the, it, he's done things where he's like, you know what? We know we did it a certain way before. 
but we don't we don't care. We're going to give you what you want and you're either going to accept it or you're going to call us out on it. And either way, we're giving you what you want. So I, I think and I'm going off on a tangent here. I think Green Lantern is a good movie. It's at my number one. And I think Ryan Reynolds to this day, I think he could still be recanonized as the DCEU's Green Lantern because they don't have a Flash or a or a Mira or a bunch of other rules. Please, Wiss, save me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no saving the DCEU. Oh, um, no. No. no, sorry. There is no saving the DCEU. Uh, Greg, you've got this at number two. Why? I think out of all the other ones that we've had on this list, this follows the best example of what the beat structure of a superhero film should be. You have the character before. You see how he has the potential to be a hero, but he needs that little extra something. You have the... What, what's that uh, archetype called? Like the hero's journey, right? Mm-hmm. Where he has the call to action where he meets the alien who's crashed. You know, he takes up the mantle. He has some stumblings. He has a bit of a training montage, fights the villain, loses once, fights the villain, is victorious. I think it does those pretty well. The one thing I think people, rather the two things I think people really shame this for is A, the bad CGI, which I've always been of, I I like bad movies. So I've always been in the mindset of like, well, I couldn't do any better. That looks way amazing compared to what I could do. So like for the CGI of the time, maybe it wasn't the best, but like you still get what they're trying to do. And this is also coming from a guy who actually enjoys Polar Express, which I know has all the dead eye children, but I like that film. I think it's fun and enjoyable to watch. Um, But the other thing that I think a lot of people give it slack for, that definitely my wife Lauren did while we were watching this, is the choices he makes while using the Green Lantern ring. I think a lot of people were like, when the helicopter is crashing at the party, he decides to build a Green Lantern Hot Wheels racetrack to have the thing go along and then save it that way. And most people be like, just make a giant hand and pick it up. You know, like that's the easiest way to save this day. But that's not as fun for a moviegoer. I agree that's like the most logical way. But this movie kind of knew what it was about. It's like, we're going to have it be like, what if a grown child man was in charge of the Green Lantern ring? What choices would he make? And I think it's fun. I The only reason this doesn't be Catwoman is because I honestly truly enjoyed Catwoman. And I would actually buy the DVD and proudly display that poster in my room. Thank you very much. But... What? Uh, I'm not making that comment I almost spit up my drink (laughs) what yeah the only way the only way that I consider this a bad movie is just because like yeah the the villain or the villains I should say are boring I think that they could have been had their game stepped up I remember very specifically seeing this in theaters opening weekend with my parents I was like 14 15 at the time and like they knew I was a big comic book person and so they turned to me afterwards and like Greg, was that a good movie? And I turned to them and I said, absolutely not, but I had a great time. Like, you know, so <laughs> for me, it's a number two. It's it's fun. It's not a good movie by far, but it get yourself some popcorn, go get your other favorite candy, whether it's Red Vines or Whoppers or Mike and Ike's or whatever, and just have a good time with it. Thank you. All right, Gomez, now that you've got your head out of the bucket, why do you have Green Lantern <laughs> at number five? First, let me get some Vicodin, Prozac. Uh, I don't know. Any, kicking you in the ball so much that you just yeah, need pain relief. Yeah, any kind of pain relief. Even Tylenol might even work right now. Yep. 
worst movie written. <laughs> wow. In history. That is bad. And even Ryan Reynolds makes fun of it in Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Do me a favor. Just don't turn me green. <laughs> so that just tells you he never wants to be the Green Lantern again. And he is the worst choice. And this is the worst movie he's ever made. This would be his top number one movie that he made that was horrible. I like Ryan Reynolds. He is a good actor. I liked him as Deadpool 1 and 2. He was hilarious. I thought he played that character perfectly. Even that flappy skin in his face when he tried to look like himself as uh, Wolverine a couple times with the staple on his head. So <laughs> I just, this was just a painful, disgusting I'm going to throw up all over the place type of movie. Matter of fact, I remember go, watching this movie and getting sick at the movies with this movie. So poor Ryan Reynolds. I'm glad you met Blake Lively there, your wife now. Good for you. That's probably the only highlight of the whole movie. Just, it, 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 yeah, that's all I could say. That's my, It's my number five. It's the worst movie ever made. I, I will say, for Star Wars fans who are watching this, the role of Abin Sur is played by Tamira Morrison, Boba Fett himself. So, you know, there, there might be... Like he's, a he's gotten, like, Exactly. Uh, I, I just like Gomez's reaction. Like, I was sick when I watched it, so now I guess he's going to be sick whenever every time he watches it. It's like when you get drunk on one thing, and then when you have a sip of it another time, you're going to immediately have that sick reaction. You think about this. The people that they were thinking about casting... For this part was Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you success of three Hangover movies and and uh, and what's that one with Lady Gaga movie? I can't remember Stars right now. Stars Born. Stars Born. Okay, Justin Timberlake, great singer. He's not a bad actor. Baby, bye, bye, bye. I was gonna go with uh, Crimea River for this movie. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> Jared Leto. Um, who's very weird and is the biggest prankster on set. Worst joker ever. (laughs) But imagine if Brian Austin Green was in this movie. Hmm. Only if Megan Fox played Carol Ferris. Now, is that just to save Ryan Reynolds' career or? (laughs) Well, he already toyed with messing with his career when he played Deadpool in X-Men Origins Wolverine in a movie where Deadpool had non-Deadpool-like powers. It's like, no, just no. (laughs) (laughs) What he just, he did, he, Deadpool was just such a great movie, though. Deadpool, yes. Deadpool in X-Men Origins, no. (laughs) No. No. But you know what? It gave you an idea of what he was able to do, though. A small insight. I'll give you that much. you know, his character being in that movie was like, really, why? But then, like, ooh, could they do a spinoff for this for this character? When I saw it first originally, I didn't think they were going to make him this ugly, hideous, flappy skin. Uh, hi, I'd rather put a picture of uh, Hugh Jackman Wolverine on my face. <laughs> you know, but well, well, at least that's what Carrie asked me to do every day. Just put a picture of Hugh Jackman on your face. <laughs> Just staple it. Just staple it. It'll stay. Exactly. Just staple it. So for me, I just felt bad for Ryan Reynolds. This was his worst freaking movie ever. Okay, so there you have it. The ranking of the rank, the the best and worst of the worst. So we're going to go around the table. Greg, can you go through your rankings here? Uh, number five for me was Jonah Hex. Absolutely hated that trash. Number four for me was Electra. Number three, Superman 4. Number two, The Green Lantern. And number one, Catwoman Meow. All right, Gomez, you're one through five. 
the worst movie ever made in history of movies besides Daredevil, Green Lantern. Then number four, Jonah Hex. Number three, Catwoman. Number two, Elektra. And uh, I'm going to go with my cape around my neck. Superman 4 is my number one. All right, Carrie, your rundown here. Um, Five was Green Lantern. Um, Number four was Elektra. Um, And three... um, (laughs) I actually have cues because I don't have my notes in front of me. (laughs) Number three was Superman. Number two, Jonah Hex, only because it was clawed out by Catwoman. All right. Number one. Kev, you're, you're one through five. In a world divided by fear, one Catwoman <laughs> will get clawed by a cat and will gain the powers of a regular house cat. Halle Berry stars as Catwoman at number five. Uh, and I won't do that for each one, but that was the one that, just, that <laughs> I definitely... I wish you would. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. That was you, pretty good, you. I would say that. <laughs> uh, Electra at a fat four. I say a fat four. Um... Even though PHAT, yeah, <laughs> I will agree on that one. <laughs> I got Superman four three because, in all honesty, guys, I was kind of undecided on it. I, I just put it in the middle of the pack because I was like, yeah, I, I don't care about it, but I also don't not care about it. So, Christopher Reeve is Superman to me, uh, and that's about all I took from that movie. Uh, number two, I had uh, the great Jonah Hex, and the cast was much better than I thought. And uh, number one, I had uh, Green Lantern because uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say reasons, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Reasons. You're, 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 Sorry, you're, I, I just I'm chucked it again. No, it's you're okay. giving it's Gomez okay. acid reflux on no, this okay. one here. It's okay. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Even uh, Ryan exactly. Reynolds, he was not uh, shy to voice his opinion about this movie. You're giving Gomez the case of the Green Lanterns here. Okay, I had Catwoman at number five, Superman four at number four, Uh, Elektra was at number three, Green Lantern was at number two, sorry Gomez, and Jonah Hex was my number one. Guys, thank you for joining in on this, the first ever episode of Grading on a Curve. Now, to our listeners of It's Not That Bad, Grading on a Curve is going to be returning the first of every month. So, it's not that bad. We'll be on, still be on every Wednesdays and then grading on the curve once a month, once a month. Uh, we don't know what's going to be the next one, but we will have different guests throughout. But guys, I want to thank you all for joining in. Uh, Kev, I want to start with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Just Another Nerd Show? Uh, Just Another Nerd Show is pretty self-explanatory, actually, Wes, now that I think about it. It's uh, if you're into anything nerdy. Marvel, DC, anything that was uh, uh, presented at Comic-Con this past weekend, we covered it. So, anything. If you think about Marvel, DC, Star Trek, Star Wars, Harry Potter, uh, we talked about Doctor Who on one of the episodes. That is what we talk about. It's at Another Nerd Show, Twitter, Instagram, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, The Works, and that's about it, man. Like, you gotta really come and listen to us. All right, Gomez, why don't you tell us a little bit about Playlist Wars and where we can hear that and find you guys? Well, Playlist Wars, it's me and my co-host Brian Colburn and a special guest. We get together, talk about music, any type of genre, hip-hop, classics, uh, classic rock, anything, and we put our list against each other, and we actually let the the, vo- the voters, the playlisters vote, the people to vote to who got it right. Uh, you can definitely find us on PlaylistWarsPodcast.com. 
uh, patreon.com slash playlist wars. You can find us on good pots, Apple, Pandora, Spotify, all those wonderful music tributes. All right. And Greg, you're the cavalcade of podcasts that you are on. Oh God. Yeah. Um, first of all, movie date night where that's at movie date night on Facebook and Twitter where Lauren and I, we go over different movies with each other. We started off in phase one of our uh, date night universe going over date night movies, but we now have plans for phase two of date night universe going over children's films since we have a little boy and we have to start planning out what horrible children's films do we have to watch so we do have an upcoming episode we're going to do for pixar's planes which was uh not enjoyable to watch in the least um we also have of course uh uh moral combat where myself lord and a few others we get together and do rankings uh or tournament style arguments rather of uh different topics and one of them which relates to this we did do bad movies, and Superman 4 was in there. I don't remember how it le- how it ended up in the rankings, so go back and watch that on uh, Moral Combat, Facebook and Twitter. And um, one side thing, Jason, feel free to cut this out if you want, but I want to ask the group. Jason was the one who submitted the list of five to us for these movies. <laughs> I know where he's going Is there a movie that fits the criteria of superheroes that you, any of you can think of that would unseat either your highest or lowest? For me, the Fantastic Four from 2015 would easily be number five. Oh. Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, God. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> you really want Garbage Pail Kids. You want to put that in number one. Got it. No, 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 that would actually be my number five. I would actually move Green Lantern to number four and Garbage Pail Kids would go to number five. Oh, wow. You know what? I I think if I had to take a look at these ones, I would put Batman Forever over all of them. I know it's not the best Batman film. How dare you? Yeah, no, Batman. Batman Forever. You cannot do that. Oh, I would. Batman Forever, I understand, but Batman Forever, you shut your mouth. I, I, I'm I'm down with Batman Forever. Kev, what about you? Horrible superhero film that would supplant or supplant all of these. Oh God, Ah, uh, Christ! You know we we <laughs> only ever talk about the good ones, man. Like what what are you doing to me? Ah, uh, let's see. Yeah, Fantastic Four. I like that pick. Um. Oh God, I. You, you know what? I, I'm gonna get kicked in the ass for this. I'm going with Thor: The Dark World. Oh. No, that's legit. That's a legit pick. I, I think it was uh, no. absolutely yeah, that's pointless. Legit. I think it was pointless. I think it detracts. Gomez, pass me the bucket. It's bad. <laughs> pass me the bucket on that one. It's bad. I don't care. I don't care how many times you want to bring back, uh, and uh, and then uh, da, 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 any, da, da, da? any of the nameless people. I don't care who who was in that movie. <laughs> they were all killed off in the last movie, anyways. Hey, there there was a Doctor Who in Thor: The Dark World. Oh my so, god. Cares. It there was, was a so Doctor bad. Who and Morbius as well. <laughs> okay, Carrie's like, yeah, there was Doctor Who and Morbius. No, no, no. no. Even Matt no. Smith she watched that for Matt that Smith. Yep, she watched it for Matt Smith. We all know there it. is only one reason, no, two reasons. There's only two reasons to watch Thor: Dark World. Number one, so you first see the introduction of the Red Infinity Stone. Yep. Um, because of course that's where we find where it's been. And number two, for Cat Denning saying. Mew Mew as the hammer goes flying through the subway system. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, even, even though they have done their best to retcon and make that movie uh, actually mean something. Okay, Carrie, last chance here. 
a bad superhero movie that surpasses all of these, but it's got to be bad. I'm sorry to the Eternals. Oh, oh shit. Oh. I changed my answer. I changed my answer. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to have to change my answer, too. My achy, breaky heart. Oh. 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 Sorry, guys. Um, I hated that film. Oh, that's I think there's a there's a change of heart in everybody on that one. Oh, Carrie, Carrie I like just blocked that out. Again. I hated it so much. <laughs> Carrie just broke the internet. Okay, guys. Again. <laughs> again. Guys, thank you so much for joining in for this first ever episode of Grading on a Curve. And to you, our listeners, thank you for a solid year of listening to It's Not That Bad uh, and to this episode. Guys, thank you so much. Carrie, thank you again. To you, our listeners, remember, we are available on Spotify, Good Pods, Apple, Tune in radio wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, this is Grading on a Curve, and it's not that bad production. Take care, everyone. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.